Bailey Ober dominates. Jose Miranda has three hits. Yuan Duran hits 104 on the gun. Matt Walner hits a towering home run off Lance Lynn and a Twins winner at Target Field over the White Sox. Let's break this one down on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Tuesday, September 27th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Again, this is Nash Walker. I've been hosting this podcast for three seasons on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. And I've been writing about the Twins at TwinsDaily.com for four seasons. The Twins beat the White Sox tonight in the series opener. Bailey Ober was fantastic. One of the best starts we've seen from any twin all year. Granted, these games don't matter, but it would be nice to bury the Sox in third place. There's there's at least that, and Bailey Ober uh, is trying to help that cause. He was terrific tonight. We'll break down what made him so great tonight on today's episode, as well as Jose Miranda getting back on track. It feels like maybe after what has been a down September, Matt Walner hits a towering home run, and Yuan Duran hit 104 on the radar. Have a year, Yuan Duran. Bailey Ober. I thought his approach tonight was just was just marvelous. I thought his game plan was perfect for the White Sox. He this is a team he's had a lot of success against. I was at Target Field last year. He made his major league debut. It wasn't a great start. He honestly didn't have a great start to his career, but over the last couple of months he was terrific down the stretch for the Twins in his rookie season, which is why coming into this year you were looking at him as a mid-rotation starter and unfortunately he was out basically all year with the groin problem. He re-aggravated a groin issue after coming back from the injured list and was out for months. And now he's back and he's looked really good in two out of three starts. He's been outstanding in two out of three starts since returning from the injured list and and had one in between that wasn't as great. But still, Bailey Ober tonight did exactly what you need to do against this White Sox club. He started early with a lot of fastballs. They They were late on his fastballs. You see a lot of hitters are. And Bailey Ober and Joe Ryan, to me, are very similar in the way that they pitch. And I've said it before. I'll continue to say it because their fastballs are both 91-92, but they're really deceiving. And for different reasons, Ober gets that extension. Joe Ryan, of course, we know the arm slot and that riding action. He was a water polo player. They both have deceiving fastballs. The difference sometimes for Joe is when you get through a lineup the first time on your fastball, they make adjustments and they're going to adjust to that pitch in a start or multiple games. Like if you see a team twice in in a couple weeks span, they had already seen you. They'd already seen your fastball. The White Sox haven't seen Bailey Ober in a long time. So I love the game plan to come out and he's always going to rely on his fastball, but especially early on tonight, they were late on that pitch. And then as the game wore on as his start wore on, he shied more and more away from the fastball and he was slider heavy. The changeup was working against Mankata and, and Gavin Sheets, the left-handers, and the slider. He was spotting that thing up all night long. Perfect spots. And in the White Sox hitter's mind, and Roy Smalley does a really good job breaking this down, in their mind, they're thinking about that fastball they saw in their first at-bat. So he just flips up sliders. So throw him for a strike, then he'll throw him outside of the zone, get a swing and a miss. Ten strikeouts tonight. A career high for Bailey Ober. He pitched into the eighth inning, seven and a third scoreless for Ober. Executed 
super well. Had a great game plan and executed it extremely well. This is a White Sox team. It's a dead team walking. And we've said that about the Twins now in September too. Twins have been worse in September than Chicago. They've been on the worst team in baseball essentially in September, the Twins. This White Sox team has lost seven in a row. And for whatever it matters, moral victory, the, the rivalry does matter to some fans. And it matters a little bit to me. Like it matters a little bit to me. If you have an opportunity to finish in second and have the Sox finish in third, why not? Why not take that opportunity? They have five more games against Chicago. If they're going to lay over and die, like beat them. Why not? Why not win these games, even if they don't matter? Why not finish in second and, and look down at the Sox and kind of punish them further for what has been a super disappointing year? And it's, you know, I'm in a glass house here throwing rocks at the Twins have had a disappointing second half and a disappointing season overall. No question about it. Given the expectations, I think they should. They should take advantage of the Sox team right now. It looks like they don't want to win. They don't want to hit. They don't want to play. And then for the Twins, that's how they've looked recently as well. But I think there's maybe some added motivation here with a rival in the division. And then you get a start like that that just sets the tone. This Sox team doesn't get shut out very much. I've watched a lot of Sox games this year because I came into the year viewing them as the clear threat in the Central. They had an over-under win total on some sites at 96.5 wins. And I thought they're the team standing in the way. If, if you know, it's not the White Sox, it's going to be the Twins and it end up being the Guardians. I was wrong on that. Many were wrong on that. The, the Sox have been very disappointing and I've watched them play a lot this year and they've done this a lot, but they don't get shut out very much. Even in their last, their latest stretch, they still find ways to score some runs. So tip of the cap to Twins pitching tonight over into Jacks, into Duran, you know, three of their younger pitchers, three pitchers who are under team control for five years beyond this season. It's, it was a great night for Twins pitching. And Jose Miranda tonight had three hits, kind of did his go-to-all-fields thing, hit one between Abreu's legs, dropped one in down the right field line. It's interesting. Third base is one of the biggest questions for the Twins going into this offseason. First and third. They have a glut of position players at first, third, and DH. And we know Buxton's going to need to DH a little bit in 2023. So what does that look like in 2023? And what is Miranda's... Defense at first kind of mean for 2023 in that way. Let's discuss it after this word from LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Head over to LinkedIn Jobs, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. We'll get into this more in the off season, but what does third base look like for the twins? And what prompted this for me is Miranda having a three hit night and the broadcast Dick and Roy and the pregame really talking up Gio Urshela and his defense this year. And the eye test has checked for Gio. I've said that throughout the year, the eye test has checked out. The numbers behind the scenes are ugly for the Twins infield in outs above average. They're ugly. We went over those numbers, I think, yesterday. The numbers are ugly in the infield for outs above average. 
I, I can't help but think they get uglier with Jose Miranda at third. But I will say this. Jose Miranda has more experience at third than he does at first. He's made him quite a few blunders at first. His numbers are bad at first. In limited time at third this year, he's been about league average. He's about league average at third base. Something tells me, though, as I watch him, and I watch him try to play third, and I watch him at first and his instincts and kind of his body and how he moves, I don't know if he's going to be an everyday third baseman for this team, if he's going to be able to do that defensively. It's a demanding position. Like, I would put catch your center field short, maybe go to right, and then I would probably put third on the defensive spectrum. I don't know exactly how it, how it plays out, but I think third is after the big three in short catcher and center field. I think third's a demanding position, and it's not an easy position to play. Gio Rochella does a pretty good job over there. He doesn't do a great job. The numbers will tell you he doesn't do a great job. He's made some awesome plays, but he's had some non-errors plays that would have been made by a lot of other third basemen that just don't show up in the you know fielding percentage. And that's why we look beyond fielding percentage because it doesn't tell you always what you're looking for. Could Miranda be at third base? The pros of that are you get more offense out of third. You're going to get more power from third base. You're going to get more opportunity at first Luis Arise is he your everyday first baseman you know does he bounce around they have questions to answer at the corners because again we know Buxton's going to need to DH we know that in 2023 hopefully less hopefully less but you can't plan on that you have to plan on him DHing you know twice a week if he's healthy you have to plan on that that changes things and I also don't think Luis Arise DHing is a good thing for this team I think they need to find a spot for Luis Arise. Is it second base? You know, is it first? Is it rotating? It's probably rotating. But if you bring back Gio and you have Miranda and you have Arise and you have Buxton, it's just hard for me to envision that being, you know, advantageous for the Twins. I could see them get creative. This is all speculation. I don't know anything. But I could see them perhaps getting creative. You have a, a, a market. That is very light on second baseman. And anybody can sign Correa and Trey Turner or Swanson or Bogarts and put them at second base. You can do that. But it's a market that is very thin on second baseman. I think Adam Frazier is the best second baseman. Gene Segura's got a team option. He's going to be the best on the market if that isn't picked up by the Phillies. It's like Adam Frazier and nobody. There's really nobody there for second baseman. I wonder if the Twins get creative and move somebody, you know, whether it's Polanco, whether it's Miranda, whether it's a rise, whether it's Urshela. I mean, I think it goes most likely to least likely Urshela, Polanco, Arise, Miranda, but I could see them doing something like that. I could see them getting creative and taking advantage of a market inefficiency where there's not a lot of second baseman on the market. There's, they have a, a really solid second baseman who's had injury problems on a very team friendly contract. They need somewhere to put Luis Arise. They could play him at second next year. He's not going to be a good second baseman, but you know, that's, that's kind of the, not the predicament, but that's, those are decisions this team's going to have to make in 2023. Where, where's Arise playing? You know, where's Miranda playing? Where is Gio Urshela? Where does he fit on this roster? Do you tender him and trade him? Do you non-tender him? I don't think they'll non-tender him for eight or 9 million bucks, but these are questions they're going to have to tackle. And just as I watch Miranda and I think about the, the, position and I said this a couple weeks ago I think about the positions on the field and I think about how they're maximizing offense at certain positions they're likely not going to be without they're, they're likely going to be without Correa and and that sucks and whoever they put at short before Royce Lewis is hopefully there or Brooks Lee is there whoever's their long-term viable option at short 
they're going to have an offensive downgrade from Correa, and they're likely going to have a, a below-average offensive shortstop unless it's Bogarts or Turner or Correa or Swanson. And I just don't see them signing any of those guys. I hope I hope they do, but if you don't get any of those guys, there's not a lot out there, a lot of shortstops out there you can trade for on non-contenders who are going to step right in. So it's going to be Andrews or Didi Gregorius or somebody like that. You're going to have an offensive step down. You're going to certainly have a defensive step down, and that opens it up. More importantly, that they have offense at third and offense at DH and offense at first. Power, power, power at those spots. They need more power. I watch this team and I'm like, they need someone who can just swing it like Matt Walner. And Matt Walner swung it tonight. I, I think the jury's out on Walner. Is he going to swing and miss too much to be a viable major leaguer? We'll find that out eventually. But they need more raw power in this lineup. And I think Walner in right field makes a lot of sense next year. Uh, just hypothetically on paper makes a lot of sense just to bring some more raw pop into this lineup. We'll see. I, I'm very intrigued by the decision-making this offseason. There are so many different things they could do, so many different routes they could go. I mean, you could see them. This is unlikely because they have guys under – they have Gray and Malley and, and guys under contract for 2023. But you could see another soft reset in 2023 where they, they trade some guys away. You know, they trade Polo away, get younger – they bring up Edward Julian and start him at second base. They start Matt Walner every day in right field. And, and you have a younger lineup next year with Miranda and Larnick and Kirilov and Walner and, and Julian and Brooks Lee comes up and then Royce Lewis is healthy. And, you know, you don't have Polanco and you don't have Correa anymore. And you could see that. You could see a shift in, in what they do in 2023. I'll be curious. I can tell you one thing. Yohan Duran is going to be a huge part of the 2023 team. I've seen a lot of great Yohan Duran outings this year, and the one tonight might have been his most dominant. He hit 104 on the gun. The curveball was exceptional. He was spotting everything up. It was just a really good pitching performance all around, and, and to give the ball to him in the ninth inning is such a luxury. I hope in 2023, and I'm you know I'm a, a modern forward-thinking baseball guy. I, I I'm a forward thinker. I generally agree with a lot of you know, modern day philosophies around pitching and modern day philosophies around usage and things like that. I still would love to see you wander on just as this team's set closer in 2023. I know, I know it's like you want to bounce him around. You want to get him in the highest leverage spots. I understand all of that. I just watch what Cleveland does with Emmanuel Classe and you essentially eliminate the ninth inning. You eliminate the ninth inning. You better score. You better score. When the starter comes out, you got a couple innings to score. Ideally, for the Twins, they need longer starts in 2023. You better score in the 6th, 7th, and 8th because you're not going to score in the ninth most nights. You know, majority of nights, you're not going to score against Emmanuel Classe. A majority of nights, you're not going to score against Yohan Duran. A majority of nights, you're not going to score against Edwin Diaz. These are the best, you know, some of the best relievers in the game. And Duran is among that group. He's among that group of the most dominant relievers you will see in baseball. I would like to see them get into like a traditional pecking order in 2023. Like you have Duran, maybe Lopez is your eighth inning guy. Then you have Jackson Theobar as your six, seven. Maybe you bring back Fulmer. He's part of that group, but, but Duran is your ninth inning guy. That goes against a lot of things, you know, modern day and, and the twins, frankly, believe in. So I don't expect that to happen. There's just something about knowing that you have to see him in the ninth. Like, you know, he's, he's waiting for you. And the Sox use Liam Hendricks this way too. And the Guardians use Emmanuel Classe as a strict, 
you know, ninth inning guy. I mean, it doesn't have to be that strict. You can use Duran earlier if you need to some nights, but I would love to see like he's your he's your closer and he's you know getting. I know the save stat doesn't matter. It, it's not it's not a super important statistic, but I want to see him get like forty save opportunities next year and just give him the ninth inning. He's got the demeanor for it. Clearly has the stuff for it. He's that dude. He can do it. And I know they use him in different innings because he's so dominant and they want to use him against the top of the order. They want to use him in the highest leverage spots. I get all that. I just want to see him next year pitch the ninth inning. Like, oh, we got to see you wander on in the ninth. Griffin Jacks was good again tonight. I, I always I want to make this case, and this was this was true last year for months last year, months when the twins were done. Don't let I'm not going to let a, a season that's lost, a season that has gotten away from the twins, take the shine off of guys who deserve it and guys who showed up all year long and performed at an extremely high level. That's Yohan Duran. Griffin Jacks performed at a high level this year. Caleb Dealbar performed at a high level this year. You know, Luis Arise performed at a high level this year. Carlos Correa in the second half has performed at a high level this year. I don't want the the stain it can kind of stain everybody when the team is is out of the contention when the team is eliminated and it's as ugly as it's been for the twins in the last couple of months with Jorge Polanco last year I always wanted to give him his shine because he really did have a great year and it's unfortunate the twins sucked because I think a lot of twins fans checked out I think a lot of twins fans had no idea that Jorge Polanco had a great year he had a great year he was a you know borderline six win player last year Super clutch, you know, his WPA was off the charts. He was one of the best win probability added players in baseball last year. He was great. I called him MV Polo, MV Polo last year, but a lot of people didn't know. I mean, I host a five day a week podcast on the Twins, so I knew. I watched the games every night, but a lot of people didn't. So I want to carry that over into 2022. The season's over. It's been so disappointing. You know, they're out of contention. They blew it. They played horrible baseball for months now. And I still want Yohan Duran to get some love. You know, I still want Bailey Ober to get some love when he was great tonight. I still want Griffin Jacks to get some love because it's not because of those guys. You know, those guys, I mean, Ober has been hurt. Duran and Jacks, they've done their jobs pretty much all year long. And for Duran, a rookie reliever, to do what he's doing, it is sad that he can't pitch in the playoffs this year because I did think they had a really good chance to make the, po- the postseason and end that postseason losing streak. And like, there's, it's so exciting to think Yohan Duran coming out of the Twins bullpen to close down their first playoff win in, you know, 18 years or whatever it is. Like, that's that's what I dream of. That gives me the chills. And I think they had an opportunity to do that this year, and they didn't do it. But that doesn't mean, you know, we should blame Yohan Duran or we shouldn't highlight <laughs> how amazing Yohan Duran is or how good Bailey Ober was tonight. I'm going to continue to put shine on guys who deserve it, and I'm going to continue to, you know, point out good performances as they happen. and. That happened last year a lot. There were a lot of good storylines last year, even in a terrible season. There always are. Even the worst teams in baseball, your Pirates, your D-backs. Look at Zach Gallon for the D-backs. They haven't been in the race all year long. And look at Zach Gallon. What a story. He's been exceptional. He's going to be top five in Cy Young voting. You know, very disappointing season for the Giants. But Carlos Rodon and, and Logan Webb and Alex Cobb, great trio for them. There's always good storylines. It, it does not exclude the Twins. They've had some great storylines in what has been a very, very disappointing second half. I'm not saying that we should just, oh, it's okay because Yohan Duran is awesome. No, but Yohan Duran is part of this team for the next five years. And if they're going to win, and if they're going to win the division, if they're going to win playoff games, 
he's going to be a big part of it. If they're going to win in 2023, Yoan is going to be a big part of it. If they're going to win in 2023, you know, Bailey Ober and Griffin Jacks, they're going to be big parts of that. So how they perform down the stretch does matter to me. Uh, and I'll continue to give them shine when they do perform. And they did tonight. They won four to nothing. That's a good win over a White Sox team. That, as I said, looks like they've rolled over and died. But um, you can stomp on their grave a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. And I'll make your second listen the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan. Sully is the best. He brings his humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team. And the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. We'll be back with a postgame Wednesday, of course. Eight more games for the Twins. Let's go 8-0. Why not? Thanks so much. Have a great day. Go Twins.